What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. Pretty big uptick in terms of strength of field this week. We've got our back-to-back -back rookies of the year in the field. Just uh, shot link is back, so it should be a lot more fun this week. Uh, looking back to last week real quick, I did pull the names for a free month subscription to rickrungood.com. Those winners are Solomon 22022 and Beery Section C2B. I have already reached out to both of you to get you set up for a month of rickrungood.com, which, by the way, if you sign up for a month right now, will get you access through Sanderson. Shriners, CJ Cup, Zozo Championship. So you will get a Tiger event in there as well. So good time to sign up. If you'd like to enter a draw for a month subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do so. If you're here on YouTube, very easy. Make sure you're subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Like this video and tell me in the comment section below who's going to win the Sanderson Farms. That's it. Same thing every week. Get you guys trained up. Very easy to do. The other way, uh, leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. You can find it in the description. Uh, five stars, say something nice about the show. Leave me your Twitter handle. That will get you entered into a draw as well. But uh, otherwise, there is golf to be played. There are salaries to break down and statistics to talk about. So let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into it. Since the live streams have been so successful, we're going to run it back again. So we're going Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Sanderson Farms live chat. Get all your questions in now. The link is in the description. You can go drop your questions. Come back on Wednesday. Uh, should be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, don't miss it. See you there. The Country Club of Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi, 7,460 yards. It's a par 72, and it's Bermuda grass. Uh, that's probably the most common setup that we get on the PGA Tour, right? Par 72, Bermuda grass. You can see all of the comparable courses and of all the par 72s that have Bermuda grass greens. The Country Club of, Club of Jackson is actually the longest, 7,460 yards, as I mentioned. Uh, Bay Hill is similar, but I think the better comp course is probably going to be the Golf Club of Houston. They've got some similar uh, layouts, both kind of in that, I don't want to call it a similar region. One is in Texas, one is in Mississippi, but like you get the point. I think that's probably a better comp than Bay Hill is, especially because Bay Hill uh, plays a bit more difficult than than the Country Club of Jackson does. I think uh, I think this course was 26th out of 49 in terms of difficulty last year. So basically your tour average, everything about it, very average, very standard. We've heard uh, guys like Brant Snedeker in the past say that this can turn into a putting contest. Uh, mentioned that last week at a, at a resort course. Kind of similar vibes here at the CC of Jackson. Um, you can see the Bermuda Grass Specialist. This is on, of course, rickrungood.com, as all of the tools that you're going to see in this video are. And uh, Kramer Hickok, he does not have as many rounds as others, but he's got enough rounds. He's very cheap. He's $6,300. Um, he's about a half a stroke better on Bermuda than other surfaces, but keep in mind, he is still 
a slightly negative putter on Bermuda grass. So uh, the guys that stand out as now becoming positive putters on Bermuda are Charles Schwartzel and Michael Gligic. Gligic missed the cut last week. It was his first missed cut in, I believe that would have been his sixth start because he had five in a row prior to last week in Punta Cana. So we'll see if he can bounce back this week. And then your anti-specialists, a couple of names that uh, did pop up. Oh my gosh, this squirrel is walking right in front. Oh my gosh, I've never seen a squirrel climb on the fence like that. Um, Tyler McCumber, who posted the clubhouse lead in uh, in Corrales last week, he's one of the biggest anti-specialists, meaning that he struggles more on Bermuda than other surfaces. It's only 49 total rounds that we have measured for him. And of course, the rounds last week, they were on past Palom. They weren't measured at all. There were no strokes gain numbers. Uh, for last week. Not sure if you guys figured that out. I tried to tweet it out a little bit. So when you get to the strokes gain database and you don't see Corrales Punta Cana in there, no need to email me. There's a couple events every year that uh, the PGA Tour does not send over the shot link data. They don't uh, provide the lasers. So there was no strokes gain numbers from last week. Uh, Now, if I run the correlation model to see what the most important stats historically at the country club of Jackson are, you're not going to find a lot of really important stats, or at least in the common stats, right? And I think this kind of illustrates, this is a very average course. Everything about it, it's a par 72, it's Bermuda grass, it plays uh, almost dead middle in terms of difficulty on the PGA Tour. Not a lot of standout stats. Um, Strokes gain putting is quote unquote the most important stat, but there are 32 courses on the PGA Tour that actually rank strokes gain putting more important than the country club of Jackson. But that does line up with what some of the uh, press conferences and and news clips or, or just quotes that we've gotten from players indicate that this this can be a putting contest. Then and that's basically it. You know, Snedeker had that. Um. I saw it circulating this morning on Twitter. You know, this, this, he had that quote. He said, this turns into a putting contest. Uh, and then strokes gained around the green uh, is, is, is second, but it ranks 40th on the PGA Tour, meaning 39 other courses find strokes gained around the green to be more important. So this really is uh, a very average course. I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to rely on a bit of course history. We're going to rely on recent form and we're going to focus more on constructing our lineups and how different areas of ownership might come together as opposed to just relying on the stats for this week. But while we're here, while I'm on the key stats page, uh, I will just sort this by strokes gain putting for this field so that you can see who the best putters in this field are. And there are a lot of value plays here. Denny McCarthy, of course, is going to show up here. Uh, Andrew Putnam, he's 6,500. Unfortunately, he's really bad in almost every other aspect. Uh, Christopher Ventura, he hits the ball well off the tee. He putts well. He kind of bookends his game a little bit. He's 7,200. Maverick McNeely is 7,000. And then Patrick Rogers is 8,200. The first guy over... 8,500 on this list is Sam Burns, um, who, again, another guy who hits it well off the tee and who putts it well, uh, got hot. I mean, he really only had one bad round last week. I think he shot a 76, I want to say, on Saturday, kind of played himself out of the golf tournament. He's $9,800, and he's probably 12th or 13th on the strokes gained putting uh, for this field. So those are your putters. I do want to hop over to the cheat sheet go tier by tier and see if we can find some of the better plays for this week. 
the top of the player pool features five golfers over $10,000 led by Scotty Scheffler, who is back. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, this is going to be his first start since testing positive for COVID-19. He withdrew from the U.S. Open. I think he will be incredibly popular, and he should be. I mean, let's be very clear here. He's been on an unbelievable run, a run that uh, solidified him to be the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year last season. He finished fourth at the PGA Championship, fourth at the Northern Trust. He actually finished fifth, quote-unquote, at the uh, Tour Championship, but if you remove the starting strokes, he actually finished second to Scotty Scheffler, so he was playing so well leading up to the U.S. Open, test positive, WDs. Now that he's back, this is the shortest he's ever been in terms of betting odds. He's 11 or 12 to 1. Um, the, 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 the previous shortest odds I could find in my database on Scotty Scheffler was 25 to one to win this event last year. So you're talking about historical stuff for Scotty Scheffler. I think he's very highly owned and I think that is well warranted. If you want to pivot, if you want to make a little pivot, there is a case to be made for Louis Oosthuizen and I want to pull him up um, on the strokes gain numbers here really quickly. Because he's been on quite a, a little run here. So we haven't seen him since the U.S. Open. He finished third there. And I love uh, I love the approach numbers. He relied a little bit on the putter. But we've seen we've seen Louis putter get a bit hot. Uh, but look at this extended run. I mean, since the Travelers Championship, he hasn't missed a cut. Uh, he's got a handful of, of top 15 finishes in there at WGC FedEx St. Jude. At the Northern Trust at the U.S. Open. I think Louis presents himself as a really good pivot. I think he's 14 to one to win this golf tournament. I, I don't know how popular he ever is, right? I mean, he's he's never really popular when he's $2,000 cheaper, $3,000 cheaper. Is he going to garner ownership at a $10,800 price tag? Probably not. He's been really good, but not as good as Scotty Scheffler. There is some shiny objects below Louie, which are Sung J.M., who I obviously love. Uh, at $10,500, you've got the great story of Will Zalatoris, who backdoored his way into the top 10 at $10,200. Louis sitting here in kind of what would be the sandwich pricing, right? You either spend up for Scotty, you either go down and grab Sung Jay or Will, there's not a real necessity to play Louis Eustazen, which I think offers a pretty interesting pivot opportunity. Um, Sung Jay finished runner up here, lost in a playoff to, to Sebastian Munoz last year, and he's Sung Jay. He's a great ball striker. Things starting to turn around for him after that really rough start to the restart if that makes sense, first handful of tournaments uh, after the tour came back. He was absolutely brutal, starting to iron things out a little bit more, and we're seeing signs of old Sung Jay again. And he's told us that. He's told us that um, you know he found something at Wyndham, I believe. He's hitting a heavier ball. His irons are, are coming around. Um, Will Z. So, you know, we talked a lot about Will Z. Will Zaltoris last week, um, you know, he was the, he was the odds-on favorite. He backdoored his way with a final round like 65 or 66 on Sunday into the top 10, which gets him into this field. What I, you know, I think he's still going to carry a lot of steam because all those guys, uh, did get paid off. If you played will in, um, at Corrales last week, you did get paid off for that with another top 10. So I think his, his ownership continues to stay, uh, re remain relatively stable I think there's better pivots, right? I mean, I'd almost just want to bet Will outright. I, I think he makes for 
not as interesting of a fantasy play. He was actually a fade of mine last week because I thought the ownership was going to be astronomical. I, I just think uh, game theory does not dictate you playing Will Zalatoris in, in, in much of a successful manner. Uh, ben on, I think, is the other pivot play here. So he's he's a flat ten thousand. Um, I I love these TD Green guys. I love these you know team no putt guys. Right, the ones that will ball strike you to death. Um, and of course, I'm worried about. Look how many Benny on. I got to clean this up. I got three different spellings of Benny on in here. Um, I'll have to clean that up a little bit. But <clears throat> here's the right one. Uh, and, and you can see it's it's always the same story for him. It's it's ball strike your way there and hope that your putter doesn't absolutely kill you. And he gets hot, you know, by his own standards. You see he lost the stroke putting at the BMW Championship. That was good to finish 12th. Uh, imagine if he gains a stroke. You know what I mean? Uh, PGA Championship actually gained four strokes putting, finished 22nd, 12th at the WGC FedEx St. Jude. So he does pop up uh, about you know half the time. He, he he kind of alternates these missed cuts with with top 25s, and he finished third here. I want to say it was last year. So Country Club of Jackson probably going to be a pretty good fit for Benny on. Yeah, it was it was last year. Um, and then I do want to make the case for this. So you know I don't I don't generally make the case for a lot of, uh, defending champions, right? Like it's hard to go back to back. We know with the media obligations, all that good stuff, but let me see if I can pull up something here for Sebastian Munoz. All right. Um, I want to go back to his lead in form before he won this tournament last year. So here's the win. Okay. Uh, and then Leading into this, he had made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cuts in a row, and he had three top 11 finishes before he won the Sanderson Farms. Then you look at him this year, and he's on a stretch of five consecutive cuts made and three top 20s or top 18 finishes. And I'd argue these three finishes uh, at the Northern Trust, the BMW Championship, and the Tour Championship are more impressive than his three last year that were Barbasol, uh, Barracuda, and Sanderson Farms. So I, I would actually like to make the case that he is playing better now leading into the Sanderson Farms than he did last year when he won this event. Obviously, it's going to be a good course fit for him, clearly. He's your winner. He beat Sung Jay in a playoff last year. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I usually don't back a lot of uh, guys trying to defend their defend their title, but Munoz has p- been playing really, really well, and I and I think it's a pretty good spot to do so. I mean, this, this whole $9,000 range, the top of the nines, this is beautiful. I, I don't know, you know if there's a case to be made for starting your lineups here. I don't know if I'll actually get there. I think there's a lot of win equity in the $10,000 range. I think there's some really good pivot opportunities in the $10,000 range. But I I really love um, the nines. You know, Munoz, we already talked about. Sam Burns finished 28th at Corrales, uh, 7th at Safeway before that. And he really only had one bad round in in Punta Cana last week. I, I mean, he kind of played himself out of it. He's, he's made three cuts in, in the three trips that he's made to Jackson, including a third place two years ago. Doc Redman, I think I've been very clear about where I kind of stand with Doc. You know, we haven't seen him since Safeway because he was he was actually the third alternate at the U.S. Open. Uh, two guys withdrew, and uh, Doc was actually the last guy who did not get in. 
uh, to the field. So he went to Wingfoot. He was warming up. He's practicing. He's ready to rock and roll. Doesn't get in. So we didn't see him at the U.S. Open. We didn't see him at, at Corrales. So the last time we saw him was at T3 at Safeway, which is the same finish that he had at the Wyndham. So now he's got two third-place finishes in his last three starts. He is uh, – you could make the case – Man, maybe outside of Scotty Scheffler, uh, Doc Redman's like the best ball striker in this field. Um, I, I don't think I'm doing much exaggeration there. I mean, Corey Connors, I guess, is in there longer term. Corey Connors hasn't been as good recently, but yeah, longer term. Corey Connors is in there, uh, but he's definitely a top five ball striker in this field. And I think he's getting more and more comfortable with seeing his name on the top of the leaderboard. Um, I mean, I could make a case for Zach Johnson. Right, I mean, Zach Johnson's got two top 10s in his last three starts. He finished 14th here last year. Adam Long, who unfortunately kind of gave away Punta Cana last week. You still have a, a situation where he's finished 5th at, at, at Punta Cana. He finished 13th at the U.S. Open. Uh, had a top 25 here last year. Uh, like, I could live at the upper half of the 9,000s. Um, yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know how many of those guys I can get in, but that's going to make up a pretty significant core of my lineups this week i imagine um then it falls off a little bit not as excited to roster some of these guys in the bottom of the nine thousand dollar range i mentioned Corey connors i think that he has just been uh he hasn't been good i mean he's missed four of his last six cuts um you know I, he doesn't have a top 10 i think or top 15 since i want to say sony which was in January. I mean, it's been eight months, eight and a half months, nine months. Um, so not not all that great there. Uh, I think I think because I don't like this range, this is a good opportunity to flip over to the Holy Grail, which is just my absolute favorite thing in the whole world. It's on the Strokes Gain database. I've loaded in the Sanderson Farms field, so now we can kind of look at um, how these guys have been playing. And I, and I think I'm just going to continue to roll with, I want to see how these guys have played since the restart, right? I mean, I think it's a really tangible, uh, what, three month stretch of golf, maybe four months, almost four months. And we can see who's playing well. And if you look at this field, um, the best player in this field, of course, has been Will Zalatoris, but he only has those four measured rounds. Then Christopher Ventura, he only has 14 measured rounds. So when you start to get into guys who have a larger sample size, Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler are one and two here. Uh, They've both gained over 1.1 strokes per round since the restart. Cameron Davis is right behind those guys. He's only 8,100. Zach Johnson, so again, playing well, has played well here in the past. He's 96. You can see where my my love is, right? Um, Of these top guys, Sam Burns is in the is third. Zach Johnson is sixth. Redmond is eighth. Uh, even Brian Harmon is like tenth or eleventh on this list. You just I think that's a really underpriced, underserved tier of the pricing. That upper nine thousand dollar range. Even the bottom half of the eight thousand too um, offers interesting guys. Pat Perez, who I think's been doing it a bit too much with the putter for my liking. Uh, Siwoo Kim, uh, who who's doing it the right way, quote unquote, which is from Tita Green. And then, and then Cameron Davis, um, Cameron Davis has been all around pretty good. Uh, quite frankly, so gaining in every single category in his 24 rounds since the restart. So this is a tool that I love to look at and see, okay, who are the best guys in different price ranges? And then you can adjust, you can adjust, uh, all of the parameters if you'd like. So for example, if we actually, Let's clear this out and let's do, let's do since the, let's do like two years. So let's do, uh, since the start of 2018, 
And what we'll actually do is uh, Bermuda, and we'll sort by putting. Let's let this load here for a second. There we go. Uh, so no surprise to see Denny McCarthy there. Okay, Sam Burns. Look at this. So Sam Burns in the last two years has 77 rounds on Bermuda. I mean, he's like in Denny McCarthy territory. As I continue to talk through this, Sam Burns might be increasing his exposure in my in my player pool. Uh, Putnam is here. Peter Malnati is Malnati is here. Excuse me. Christopher Ventura, Vincent Whaley. Uh, some really value names. Look at the, look at look at Sungjae. Sungjae puts well on Bermuda. I like that 0.41 strokes gained per round or what we could actually do. Um, we can get rid of Bermuda and we can say, okay, who are the best guys on par 72s? Of course, all par 72s are different, but you get the four, uh, par fives, right? Sometimes you can take advantage of those. Sung J, uh, a bit lapping the field here in the last two years, 1.2 strokes gained on average per round on par 72s. Then Henrik Stenson, who actually was quite impressive, Last week, I, I kind of threw my hands hands up on Henrik Stenson. I didn't know what to do with him because we only had three three events in the restart for him. Uh, I thought he played well. This might be a good spot to roll him back out. Now only eighty nine hundred dollars. I don't think he got much of a price. He might have declined in price. I don't remember what his price was last week, but Stenson now becomes much more appealing after what I saw last week. Scotty Scheffler, Benny on, uh, Sepp Straka all play very well on these par 72 layouts in the last two years. They all have decent sample sizes. I mean, I think there's, I think there's something to it. Let's jump back over to the cheat sheet because I could literally just, I could look through that for 10 hours. And I usually do. Um, where do we leave off the $8,000 range? I mentioned Stenson 21st place finished last week at Corrales. I, the, the, you know, we don't have the strokes gain data, but like the eye test, the stuff that I did see from Stenson on the telecast looked good, uh, seemed to be playing well. So unfortunately I don't have the strokes gain numbers to back that up, but $8,900, I'm much more optimistic this week than I was last week. Who else do we have here? Uh, Patrick Rogers, 82 continues to be just fine, right? He's someone that I've been pointing out for a couple of weeks um, because he has this rare, he has the rare ability to hit it far and putt well. It's rare. And sometimes these birdie fests, uh, that's, that's beneficial. 11th last week, he's made three cuts in his last three trips to Jackson, including two top 20 finishes. He might just be a kind of a, a plug and play guy at 8,200. I mean, there's a lot of good names here. There's a lot of good names. Um, Zinzun Zhang at a flat 8,000. When he makes the cut, he finishes in the top 15. Another one last week, 11th at Punta Cana. There are a couple other names in value town. Where else do I want to go here? We'll do a custom model here in a second. Where else do I want to go? Um, not as excited about the 7K range. So I wonder if I could live in upper nines. So like nine, 9,500 up. And then live in like the eights. The sevens are fine. I mean, I mentioned Charles Schwartzel, Denny McCarthy. I think they're I think they're fine. Uh, where's Adam Schenk? Schenk and maybe Davis Riley. We'll talk about Davis Riley. Okay, here's Schenk. Schenk is sixty seven hundred. Uh, he is now on a streak of. I want to say eight cuts in a row. I think he's made seven or eight in a row. It's actually one of the longest active streaks, at least in this field. Uh, and he's got three trips to 
Jackson, which have resulted in three cuts made, no worse than a 43rd place finish and a seventh two years ago. I think that's interesting. I think maybe even more interesting, and and I think he's going to be really popular, uh, Davis Riley. So what do we know about Davis Riley? Because he doesn't have a lot of PGA Tour history. Well, plays incredibly well in the Corn Ferry Tour. He's actually won twice already this year. Uh, so I love guys that can just raise a trophy on Sunday. It doesn't really matter what field you're in. Uh, if you're playing against your buddies, you're playing again. I mean, if you put 150 of your peers in a tournament and you're the one that comes out on top, I think it's a big deal. Uh, he has not played much on the PGA tour. I think he has four starts in his last three years. One of them is here last year at the Sanderson farms. He finished 39th. So he made the cut. He's a Mississippi kid. He's from Hattiesburg. He should be very comfortable at the country club of Jackson. That's like home sweet home for him. And I think that even more. So I've been saying this for a while that I think, uh, the line between the corn Ferry tour and the PGA tour is, uh, it's blurry. And it's the most blurry it's ever been because the guys who are like 100th, 120th on the PGA tour, they might be worse than the guys who are like the top of the corn fairy tour. They might be. I mean, the game is that strong. It's that deep, especially this year where all these PGA tour guys did not lose their card. You know, Davis Riley probably would have been a candidate who would have maybe secured his PGA Tour card for this year. Him, Will Zalatoris, uh, maybe Dylan Wu. These guys that are like ready to be on the PGA Tour kind of have to wait a year. And I think if that line was blurry before, it is even more blurry this year in particular because of uh, the way that the exemptions and the status didn't change. So... I really think if we're ever going to have a year where these guys are going to pop up and, and events like this where kind of anybody can win, uh, Davis Riley, very, very interesting. So those are the two guys, probably Shank, probably Riley, that I would focus on in the sub-6K range. You know, I might go back to Michael Gligic. You know, he missed the cut kind of... Um, Kind of jaded everybody uh, last week after five cuts made in a row. Might go back to him, although I'm not sure you have to. You know what I mean? Not sure you have to if you have those two really solid options at 6,700. And the bottom of the board, as always, uh, gets pretty weak. Gets pretty weak. But um, let me let me see if I can run a custom model real quick. And it might be a little weird because we don't have any standout um, key stats for the Country Club of Jackson. All right, let's throw the custom model in here. And as usual, this text is going to update. It says it's Corrales Punta Cana. It's not. I've got all the salaries loaded in here. It's just a little bit behind. That'll update itself here in a second. Um, here's what I want to do. So I kind of have to go back to the basics a little bit. So I'm going to do uh, you know 30 on strokes gain T to green, but I am going to give a nod to the guys that say, hey, this might turn into a putting contest. Let's put 18 on strokes gained putting. Also the par fives, you know, the, the extra par fives this week is par 72. Let's go with, um, 25 on par fives, which leaves me with 27 weights remaining. And man, uh, I don't want to double count too many of the strokes gain numbers. Um, what I want to do is this, let's do distance. Let's do 18 on distance, which should leave us with nine to put on accuracy. Um, you know, distance, not necessarily required, but always helpful. Let's see what this spits out for us here. So let's run this sort by score. Lower is better. 
Okay, so I think last week there were some really wonky guys that were coming through. Now, this is more my style. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, my number one player in the rankings. Sung Im, my number two player in the rankings. <laughs> yeah, sure, I could get behind all that. Cam Davis, interestingly enough, number three. Um, what I find interesting about him is he's only $8,100. You know, he was catching a lot of steam after Wyndham. I think he was kind of a... Uh, kind of a popular option at Safeway, if I remember correctly. As I was scrolling through, you know, who's played well since the restart in this field, his name popped up there. Also, I think he had gained in all four of the major strokes gain categories, which usually gives him a pretty good floor. So Cameron Davis kind of checking off all the boxes, no matter where I go here, uh, he seems to pop up. Sebastian Munoz, the defending champion, fourth on my list. Then Johnny Vegas, Brian Harmon. Corey Connors, Luke List. Those guys kind of break the model a little bit. Corey Connors, Luke List. And then Sam Burns. Sam Burns at 9,800 pops up. Will Gordon. Oh, man. He's got jaded owners in his wake. Uh, Are we going back to Will Gordon? Maybe. Uh, And then Adam Shank to kind of round out my top 10 or so. I mean, these are... These are kind of guys that the gut would would have thought about. Nice to see the model back it up a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I could, I could probably be using these guys in, 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 uh, portions of my, of my core lineup. Oh, and before we go, before we go, while I'm here, I always forget to do this. I use it in my own research, but I always forget to show it on the, on the, on the, uh, video. The cheat sheet has this trends tool, which I love. And I love looking at the breakout candidates, right? These are the guys that, are hitting it really well from tee to green, but still putting below their own baseline. And some of the names that that stand out, Ted Potter Jr., believe it or not, not sure I'll get there. Uh, Kyle Stanley, Scotty Scheffler's on the good side of this, Denny McCarthy, Keith Mitchell, J.B. Holmes. These are guys that are all on the right side of it. Hank Lebiota, he was a guy who really stood out in the breakout candidates last week. I don't know what he ended up finishing, but he had a really good Sunday. I think he, I think he, Posted a top 25, which he was super cheap. That would have been very handy to have. Uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo is still in here as well. He played well last week as well. So this is a pretty interesting thing to look at. And then the guys to stay away from, uh, these are guys that are not only hitting it poorly, but they're also putting above their baseline. So you'd expect them to come back down to earth. Grayson Murray, uh, Bryce Garnett, CT Pan, Jimmy Walker. Rory Sabatini. I actually have Rafa Cabrera Bayo in here twice. That is because one has a hyphen and one does not. So disregard those two. I will fix that uh, and get them lumped into one player. Um, who else do we have here to avoid? Richie Warinsky, Bovan Pelt. Not sure you are really interested in these guys anyway, uh, but probably guys that I might be staying away from. And then if you do scroll up, you can sort by any one of the strokes gain numbers, but you can see this who's hot or who's not list. Uh, Stuart Sink, no no surprise to see him on the who's hot side. He he, he won, right, a couple weeks ago. Uh, JJ Spawn, DJ Trahan, David Hearn, Camilo Villegas, all on the hot side playing well above their own baseline. And then the, the, the not side, uh, Sung Kang, Robert Streb, Brian Gay, Luke Donald, uh, even with Nate Lashley's, well, I guess he doesn't get credit for the 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 play last week with Lashley because there were sh- no strokes gained numbers, but uh, so that would have helped him, but uh, still playing below his baseline. So interesting stuff. Um, I think that'll do it. This has been your 
DFS preview for this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. Much better field. Uh, much more excited about this now that we're going to be able to easily follow the tournament with the uh, the strokes gain, the shot link data. So very much looking forward to that. But yeah, best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Later.